Welcome to the Mad Max Minute, where the question is, do we have it in us to make a trailer breakdown epic? (laughs) I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we are talking about the CCXP trailer for Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. It was released on the internet November 30th after it was officially revealed at CCXP, which we looked it up ahead of time. I don't know what it stands for, but it's basically the Brazilian version of San Diego Comic-Con. Stands for Comic-Con Experience. Yeah. So they went down where it was sunny and warm and revealed the trailer (laughs) and Chris Hemsworth there and Anya Taylor-Joy was there and George Miller was there. It looked like a great time. Yeah, their booth looked incredible. (laughs) And of course, because big things like this happen when we're not readily available, as the internet was blowing up about this trailer, we were down in Philadelphia at the PAX Unplugged Expo, so... That's why our breakdown and review of this trailer is coming a little bit later than probably everybody else's. So this trailer, it begins with the shadowy figure of someone stumbling away from a motorcycle toward what I can only assume is the Citadel. And it ends with Furiosa pulling off her face scarf as the movie's title is revealed. It's a two and a half minute trailer. Do you have any like initial feelings as it ended My very initial thought was that this is clearly a Mad Max trailer. Mm. It has all the vibes, very specifically, of Fury Road. Color palettes, sound. Sounded like Fury Road. Looks like Fury Road. Going into this, we know we're in the same family. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of the shots, especially of Furiosa, where you can see what she's wearing. Very, very Mad Max vibes. Yeah. This is absolutely a Mad Max saga. I really appreciated how familiar it all felt. You think back to all of those Fury Road trailers, and they were always very kinetic, always focused on the the action that was happening in and around the vehicles. And they really brought it home for that, for this trailer as well, to remind everybody, hey, do you remember 2015? I know it was eight years ago. <laughs> you had a really good time with that, and it's the same world. Like it looks the same. It feels the same. As you said, it sounds the same. One of my worries for this trailer is that Furiosa is going to be too much of the same, but at the same time, like we know from interviews and discussions before that this isn't going to be a story that happens over the course of a few days, like with Fury Road, like this is going to be much more expansive. It is. Uh, This is taking place over 15 years? That's what I've heard. Real quick question. How do we know that? Interviews. Okay. Yeah. From said out of the mouth of? Creators, yeah. Okay, excellent. I think it was George Miller specifically who was talking about how when it says a Mad Max saga. Exactly, exactly. This does feel like a saga. Mm -hmm. You can see the passage of time in the trailer. And also, it feels separate from the Mad Max movies that we've seen before, which all take place over short periods of time Mm -hmm. where just, oh my goodness, so much happens and so many people's 
lives and worlds completely change in such a short period of time. And this one is, it's different. It's not like the others. Yeah. What I really liked about the beginning of this trailer is that it starts off a little slow. We get the initial shot of the black and white motorcycle and then the saturation changes so that it, the color comes in. I kind of felt like that starting on black and white was a nod to the black and chrome edition of Fury Road that we got after the fact. I agree on that. But also, like the Fury Road trailers all started with Max on the ridge with his back to the camera. And here we get another instance of a character with their back to the camera as we start the trailer. What really had me curious was the woman who is speaking. We get like gunshot echoes because I downloaded the subtitles to the trailer so I could get exactly what people are saying. (laughs) I know I'm a nerd. The woman's voice is saying, whatever you have to do, however long it takes, promise me you'll find your way home. Furiosa. And so the question is, is that the voice of Furiosa's mother, Jobasa? Because she's mentioned by the many mothers back in Fury Road. I have to wonder, like, is Furiosa's mother going to play into this movie? Is Furiosa's mom the woman that we see putting on the skull helmet? Or is that someone else? There's so many questions from this trailer. I think it's particularly hard to tell about who women are in this trailer because we get a shot of the green space. Mm-hmm. The green place? Green place, yeah. Place. Oh, it's been so long. So we see a great number of women in the green place. We know we're going to get some sort of glimpse into that society. I expect it to be fleeting because the whole point is that she left that place. Mm. She left the green place and is trying to get back. And we know she never does. So I expect that scene to be... Probably in the beginning of the movie, it could be a flashback later on, but it's going to be brief. But there are so many women there. Honestly, any woman that you see in the trailer or voice could be anybody. Yeah. I expect that all of the Green Place stuff will be like the cold open. You remember in Fury Road how Max is taken to the Citadel and he tries to escape. And then when the door swings shut, it says, oh, Fury Road. Yeah. I suspect that's what all of our Green place stuff is going to be it's an opener an action scene to start i like the idea of us seeing a group sweep in and start kidnapping people from the green place and the the women of the green place the many mothers rising up to defend their people and you know they're going to lose people because that's how the story's got to go but i think that'll be fun to see Um, but i think yeah you're right it's going to be fleeting it's going to be quick there and gone don't enjoy it because it's going to disappear quick (laughs) Yeah, I like the idea of it being the cold open, mm-hmm. that we get this action scene similar to Fury Road. We got a great action scene before the title card in Fury Road. Yeah, I'm kind of expecting the same thing. A mm-hmm. great action scene. And then the green place is gone forever. Yeah. I've been scrolling Reddit to look at the talk about this trailer. And a couple of Reddit users have already pointed out that when you first see Anya Taylor-Joy as Furiosa, when she turns around at the beginning of the trailer, the road that she's on looks very similar to the Monday Monday Lookout from Road Warrior, which I'm pretty sure like that opening speeding scene, like where Wes does the turnaround and ride off, ride off. I think it's that same type of stretch of road. Either that or it's the one at the end, but same location. Mm-hmm. We know that they did on-location shooting in Australia for that authenticity. Yes, I'm really glad that worked out 
this time around. They, of course, wanted it for Fury Road. It just didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Moving further into the trailer, after we see the company logos, we get some words on the screen, and they say, 45 years after the collapse. Now, I'm assuming the collapse is the thing that happened between Mad Max 1 and Mad Max 2. Yeah. When we went from organized life, restaurants, and cops to, you know, what we had in Road Warrior. But 45 years after that, that's when young Furiosa is taken from her family. And then, of course, she devotes the rest of her life to finding her way home. And this is her odyssey. And the word odyssey stuck in my head. Ooh, I don't like the word odyssey because I know the story of the odyssey. Right. It had me wondering, like, well, is she going to get a crew together? Are they going to start moving around the wasteland? Is she going to run into, you know, some lady who turns people into pigs? I mean, because... You know, we've seen that before, a woman in the wasteland with a society built around pigs. <laughs> we have. Like, how much of that is going to be cribbed for this story? And I'm kind of hoping that it's not. That when the movie eventually comes out, that we don't sit there and say, oh, so it's just literally, literally the Odyssey. The Odyssey. <laughs> I highly doubt that. Not, I, I don't think it would be that interesting. We've, like, it's been done. Yeah. Many, 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 many times over, the obstacles that she faces need to be very in-world. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see an element from a known story interpreted to fit into the world. I want new content. Mm -hmm. This is already a franchise movie. Don't lean into that. <laughs> I want originality. We get our first look at Chris Hemsworth as his character, Dementis, and he's got... His big old fat Thor beard and his long hair slicked back and this big old prosthetic nose on his face. Okay, the nose. I had to ask you if that was Chris Hemsworth because <laughs> I was so distracted by the nose, I couldn't see Chris Hemsworth through the nose. Mm -hmm. And even after knowing it's him, I've watched this trailer a dozen times at least. I'm still having a hard time seeing Chris Hemsworth. Mm. You know what got it for me? What did it for me? In his first shot, he kind of turns to take a microphone, and then he takes a few steps forward. 100% that walk is Thor swagger. <laughs> it's unmistakable. It is absolutely, he has done that walk thousands of times. Yeah. Like, yep, that's Chris Hemsworth, because that is Thor. Yeah, it is nice that he's able to use his natural Australian accent in this and not put on that false Norse accent that he does for Thor. And it almost sounds like his voice is in a bit higher of a register than he uses for Thor. Well, yes, 100%. Yeah. I think that he doesn't use either his natural accent nor his natural pitch, which actually reminds me of the scene when Peter Quill meets Thor and Peter Quill feels emasculated by... <laughs> Just everything about Thor, and he deepens his voice. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. This is totally subjective, and it's just a thing that I hear in my brain. It's probably not even true. I think the Australian accent may lend to a higher pitch. That makes sense. I also hear it in, like, New Zealand accents, mm. and a little bit in, like, South African accents that they're, I don't know. Maybe pitch just slightly up. Something about that patois. Yeah. I don't even think I used that right. Whatever. I do not know either. 
as you mentioned, he's passed a microphone through a cage and we get this instance of people in captivity. You've got this old guy standing in front of a child, which I'm pretty sure that it's like a young girl. I don't think it's supposed to be Furiosa, but we do see this kid later on in the trailer uh, on the motorcycle with the skull helmet lady. It's the same kid? Same kid. Okay. I swear it's, I, I swear it's got to be the same kid. I'm actually glad you pointed that out because I saw in your notes that you assumed that this individual, this child, was a female. In this first shot of this child, there is nothing to tell us male or female. They are 90% covered, and frankly, they're prepubescent. Mm. There's like no difference between boys and girls prepubescent. But if we see this child later on in a different context, and you and because I remember that context, and yeah, that definitely seems like a girl. Yeah. Something I want to point out from this early shot that is gonna I'm gonna make reference to later on is the teddy bear. Yeah. When we open up on this shot, it's focused on the teddy bear. We are supposed to notice the teddy bear. Mm-hmm. Notice the teddy bear. I would also like to point out the outfit, I guess, that Dementis is wearing. Yeah, he's wearing cape suspenders. Mm. And I just am delighted by that concept that his cape is held on by suspenders that on the low end are like hooked onto his quarter vest. I like that Dementis is a cape guy. It's going to lend itself really well to how he rides his vehicles. And it's going to look very dynamic (laughs) over the course of this movie, I assume. Yes. Billowing and whatnot. He definitely has a certain style about him that I appreciate because just because it's post-apocalyptic doesn't mean you can't have style. Yeah. Which we have seen through all of the Mad Max movies. (laughs) We have seen people take items, various random stuff, and make fashion out of it a lot. So I'm glad to see that continue on. Although, just to... mm, it is very Thor-ish. It, yeah, that's true. But you know what? That's fine. I, I don't care that much. But you got to stand out against the feather-lined leather jackets and the metal hockey masks and the chainmail dresses. You know, you got to find your thing. We do see after he says, start your engines, we get a shot of the woman with the skull helmet. Her jawline is not the same one as Anya Taylor-Joy, so I'm pretty sure this is not our Furiosa. Which it's like, I'm guessing like, is it, is it Jobasa? Is it a situation where like young Furiosa was taken and now she has an opportunity to get one back is I'm starting to think it's like a side character, but I'll, we'll bring that up when they show up on the motorcycle a bit later on. Cause I don't want to get too caught up with them this early. Yeah. Um, but speaking of familiar sights, um, we get to see a, another war rig and this one looks immaculate. This one is actually shiny and chrome. It's got that bass relief of Immortan Joe on it. It's beautiful. It's so like Art Deco. Yes. Very opulent. Oh, absolutely. I guess bordering on opulent. Yeah. For them, definitely. I love that something is actually shiny and chrome. Yeah. It occurred to me, I'm not sure if we talked about it when we were talking about Fury Road or not, but they use this phrase, shiny and chrome, but how much shiny and chrome is there actually in their world? I don't remember there being that much. Yeah. It didn't occur to me as a possibility that their vehicles could be shiny and chrome. I didn't know that was a thing until I saw this beauty. Yeah. It feels comforting and familiar to see Warboys again. 
And it makes sense that there would be a lot of like war boys type content because Furiosa was an Imperator. So at some point she's got to get ingrained into that society. Yes. It can't all be off doing other stuff type of thing. And speaking of war boys, we also get to see our head war boy, Immortan Joe, following the passing of Hugh Key's burn. I wasn't quite sure what they were going to do, but it looks like they just cast him with a younger guy. Yeah, I think they would have had to recast him anyways. Honestly, Mm -hmm. we need a younger person to be Immortan Joe. I have feelings about Immortan Joe, but I kind of want to save it to the end. Okay. Yeah, because the first time we see him, it's him facing off against Dementis. And these two don't strike me as the kind that would be any sort of ally. So this definitely feels confrontational. The two of them eye to eye like this. Very curious to see like how much of an antagonistic character is Dementis going to be? Because I feel like he was probably the one that was part of the group that took Furiosa away. So she's constantly trying to escape him. And so that might cause her to side with Joe because enemy of my enemy is my friend mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like there's, there's still a lot I don't know about this and the trailer isn't a hundred percent clear. You know, it's going to be nice to see a familiar face, so to speak. I think there's going to be other of Morton Joe's family in this movie. I think we're going to see Rictus at some point. We are. I did check out the IMDb. Whole bunch of actors are listed. Very few of them have very few names, uh, names, yeah. character names. Uh, but Rictus Erectus is one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of wondering how they're going to do that. Yeah. Because that actor is now, what, 10 years older mm-hmm. than when they filmed Fury Road. And they need him to be younger than he was. Yeah. And then the actor that played the other brother that I can't remember his name passed away. Oh, yeah. So Corpus. Corpus, yes. Yeah, his actor passed. But moving on from them, Mm -hmm. uh, after we see Anya Taylor-Joy's face, we get to see her blacking her forehead for, I'm assuming, the first time. I got that vibe, too, that it was the first time. That it was her becoming an Imperator. You see the uh, the steering wheel in the background? Absolutely. Makes it feel a bit ceremonial. Like an initiation ceremony. Yes, like here is your promotion, your your pinning ceremony, if you will. Because there's another Imperator, I assume, right over her shoulder yes, in that same shot. And then, of course, we get a title that says Chris Hemsworth in it. And then we see Dementis, and he's clinging to the end of what I assume is a shoot because there's just a tidal wave of ammunition brass flowing over him, and he's above a giant furnace. So I'm excited at the prospect of seeing the Bullet Farm and seeing Gastown. Those both feature very heavily in times in this trailer. And we only saw the Citadel before. We got lip service up plenty from mm. the Bullet Farm and Gastown. Absolutely. And so I'm excited to go there. Do you think we are going to see younger, spryer versions of the two leaders who I can no longer remember their names? Oh, I certainly hope the so. The Bullet Farmer and... The People Eater. The People Eater. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah, there were... Discussions that I saw about, oh no, Dementis hanging off of the chute over the furnace, is that his death scene? Is the trailer accidentally revealing huge parts of the movie? Because looking back at the Fury Road trailers with the hindsight of seeing the movie, you do get like later on in the movie type scenes that they were just dropped without context into the trailer. And right, because the scene where Furiosa 
just finds out that the green place is gone and she wanders out into the sand and like drops down in despair. That was in the trailer, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. In hindsight, that's a huge moment in the movie. And without context, eh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm worried about falling too far into the trap of making guesses about where things fall oh. in the overall story. Oh, absolutely. I don't, don't want to spoil it for myself. I, I just want to revel in it. <laughs> and half these shots aren't even going to be in the movie. Yeah. Some of these lines, they're not going to be in the movie. These shots are in no kind of order whatsoever. So take it as its own thing. Yeah. We also see that shot of the green place that we talked about earlier. We um, get a night shot of someone running across dunes with, I'm guessing, their hands tied behind their back. Mm. But they got a big old floppy head of curly hair. I have no idea who that's supposed to be. But then we get a shot inside the Citadel. Well, I can assume it's inside the Citadel because it's got that cave look to it. It's Tom Burke's character and Anya Taylor-Joy is Furiosa. Tom Burke is the one who replaced Yaya Abdul-Mateen when he decided to do the Aquaman movies. Oh, bummer. I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know who Tom Burke is supposed to be, but I'm guessing from the black forehead that he's another Imperator. Yes. And I kind of hope that like amidst all of the situation that she's able to find at least one person who's a legitimate ally. And so I kind of see this guy as like, okay, is this going to be her, you know, one person who's her friend? (laughs) There is a certain level of intimacy expressed in that moment. It does have me a little bit worried that they're going romantic interest Mm. route. I really don't want that. That's not what the Mad Max movies are about. We got burned with number one and we're not going back. No time for love. Nope. No more love. (laughs) You took Jesse. And no more love. Nope. We get a few shots of Furiosa digging herself out of a dirt pit next to a motorcycle. And I couldn't help but notice that as she digs herself out of that dirt pit, she is wearing a leather jacket, Brando style front, Mm -hmm. one arm cut short missing. Absolutely noticed that. Total callback. Yes. Loved it. Remind me, it has been so long since the last time I have seen the Mad Max movies, but isn't there a seen somewhere in the first three where Max is hiding like under sand or something. Or no, is that in Fury Road? I've gotten the image in my head of Max hiding under the sand and like leaping up out of the sand. And yeah. like sand goes everywhere, but I can't figure out where it's from. It's a Fury Road thing. After the sandstorm knocks him off of Nux's car and they're like stuck in the middle of the, the desert, we fade in from black and that's when Max kind of like wakes up and like lifts himself up oh, out of the sand. Oh, right. Yes. So that was the vibe I got off of that moment. Yeah. I mean, you'll be forgiven for, you know, not remembering <laughs> details. It has been, I think, since what, 2019, since we actually talked about a Mad Max movie? We have plenty of time, but we do have to sit down and watch all the movies before we go watch Furiosa. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we got to re- remind ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> After... A couple shots of Dementis's tow truck up against, like, you got the, the sun flare with the dust kicked up a lot. One Reddit user said it reminded them of the end of Thunderdome. Remember when, like, Auntie skids up and get taunts Max a little bit before driving away? Yes. That sort of look. But then we get to see this hot rod ramp off the top of a dune and kind of steer into a skid. And, like, that's going to be Furiosa's hot rod. I know it's got a nickname. I couldn't find what that nickname was, but I remember seeing at least once that it has its own nickname. Okay. Um, But we know, like, 
she's driving it as an Imperator because she's got the blacked out forehead and the face covered up. So that'll be fun to see her in her own like little mini car without mm-hmm. having it be a giant war rig. From those shots, we go back to the woman with the skull helmet riding on the motorcycle and everything's kind of red behind her. But she's got that kid from the cage on this motorcycle. And I noticed that the front of that motorcycle has kind of like a skull motif. And it kind of looks like the motorcycle that we saw at the very beginning of the trailer. Oh, oh, it does. Well, then the person we saw at the beginning of the trailer... Could be the same. Could be the skull helmet woman. Yeah. Or the skull hel- helmet woman is uh, Jabosa, Jabasa. 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 And that is Furiosa. And these are from early on mm-hmm. when they are independent in the world. And Furiosa inherits that bike from her mother. So there are characters from the comic books and also the video game named Hope and Glory. And they are a mother-daughter pair where Hope is the mom. I think, yeah, Hope is the mom and Glory is the kid. And Glory is taken by Gastown people and Max has to go like rescue them. So I don't know if these two are meant to be those characters because they're so central to Max storylines. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if they're going to like shift them from Max stuff over to Furiosa stuff or if it's sort of a, you know, introduce them in this movie and then follow up with them in Mad Max Wasteland if Wasteland is supposed to also be a precursor to Fury Road. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm trying to like think of like, okay, what other female characters in Mad Max movies am I aware of? Right. Yep. (laughs) There's not a lot. There's not many. There's plenty of opportunity to introduce new ones. And I I don't need to tie myself down to pre-existing characters. I gotta remind myself I don't need to tie myself down. Yeah. We get another callback to a previous movie when Dementis and his horn helmet lackey guy are crouched down on the ridge and they're overlooking Gastown in very much the same way that the gyro captain and Max were looking over the ridge at the the gas compound in Road Warrior. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's especially fitting because the horn helmet guy is the same one that we see on the paraglider motorcycle later on. Oh, And the details that you catch. He's got a very distinct headgear. Wow. It's hard to miss him. He's got such a ridiculous headdress on. (laughs) The overview of the city Mm -hmm. looks like the Emerald City. Yeah. Yeah. Not Emerald. It's got that same like round and then it rises to a peak. Yes. In the middle. Which is actually common, I think, in media portrayals of cities. Yeah. It's also kind of Lord of the Ringsy. Very Minas Tirith. Yes, Minas Tirith. And isn't um, Ba Sing Se? Oh, yeah. Like the, the same show. Uh, structure mm-hmm. type. But I went with Emerald City first. Yeah. Yeah, we see these guys. They're scoping out Gastown. And then we get a cut to Dementis. And he's like standing in his motorcycle-drawn chariot. And he's got his arms out. And him and the rest of his dudes are covered in this red dust. Yeah, I, I really like the, the close-up. On these like dust flares mm. that we've seen in Fury Road, that this is what it's like to actually be in amongst them. Yeah. Messy. And he almost seems to be like, haha, we've, you know, you, you tried to throw flares at us, but we're still here type of thing. It does seem to be a glorious moment. Yeah. But you notice something about Dementis's costume. Yes, the teddy bear. It's back. It's back. The teddy bear looks slightly older 
but not that much older. Mm-hmm. Like if they were really trying to hammer home the passage of time, the teddy bear would be noticeably old, yeah. dirty and deflated, missing an eye. At first, I thought that the red was damaged from overtime, and then I realized that everything is covered in that red powder. So it's not, it just happened. Like he just got messed up from the red. But this tells me that he has some connection to that child that we saw earlier. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. It was in a cage behind him, but, you know, they probably got saved by Skull Helmet Lady. And that was, that bear was the thing that he got. And so this kid is the one that got away. And so he's got to remind himself, hey, you can't let those kids get away. Wow, that is dark. Yeah, we know what we're getting into. (laughs) We get another shot of Immortan Joe, and then we reverse shot to Furiosa, and she's wearing this, um, like a welder's mask type setup, with a big old leather veil across her face. And then later on, we're going to see that there's like a goggle element to it. She seems to be in amongst a bunch of mechanics that are all saluting Immortan Joe. And we cut back outside to, you know, Dementis with his motorcycle-drawn chariot, which I just think is one of the coolest vehicles I've seen uh, in one of these movies because it's so bombastic. (laughs) But right out front is the paragliding motorcycle with the big fan on the back. Yes. I just, what the heck? What? What? I mean, it makes sense. You know, when you think about how much of an asset the gyro captain was back in Road Warrior. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty great. Yeah, and I remember reading that George Miller wanted to use paragliders and gyrocopters and stuff like that in Fury Road, but it just didn't work out. And so it's cool that they got to bring to fruition another element of like a flying vehicle. And I like the idea of having it be a paraglider because, yeah, you can just collapse down the parachute and have the fan on the back and have it not be this huge cumbersome thing like the airplane that we saw in Thunderdome. We do see a bit of the fate of this thing though. Yeah. It it has some very obvious weaknesses, but as the camera swings around on the chariot, we see that they're all charging towards Gastown. So, you know, good luck to them at that (laughs) a bunch (laughs) of motorcycles attacking the city. But we cut from there to a close up of Furiosa and she's shouting at someone. I'm Furiosa. And I don't know about you, but it looks like she is standing next to the elevator that leads up to the Citadel. Exactly what I got. Yeah. So I have to wonder, like, she's yelling at them, I'm Furiosa, because they would recognize that name. So I have to wonder, did she get Imperator status and she went out on a mission and it went foobar and now she's dragged herself back to the Citadel? Kind of like we saw at the beginning of the trailer and she's got to fight her way through the irradiated wretches at the bottom to finally get to the elevator and be like, hey, you elevator guard, don't you know who I am? That would be very interesting. I think I'd really enjoy that imagery because the end of Fury Road was her, again, walking through the crowd of everybody and taking her victorious ride up the elevator. Mm Mm-hmm. Moving quickly, we get another voice. This is a man's voice who says the darkest of angels. I'm not quite sure who that's supposed to be, but it's definitely about Furiosa as she fires the harpoon up at the paraglider, Mm -hmm. showing the obvious weakness of having a flying vehicle in this world. 
but we get another instance of Furiosa driving a car. This one has a couple of motorcycles on the back, which may or may not come into play later on, but she backs through a, the gate of a compound and then the gate comes down as she goes through and it crushes another car. And this compound looks very familiar to some of the Warboy compounds that you have in the Mad Max video game that you can kind of like show up, clear them out, get a bunch of scrap, unlock more of the map type of thing. Okay. So what confuses me about this is that after we see Furiosa J turn out of the gate, it has a close-up of her holding a sawed-off shotgun against a really thick gate, kind of like the one that just closed with like flames going in behind her and stuff. Yeah, I caught that too, where it feels like it's in the same place, but she's very much not in the same place. Yeah. So, yeah, don't know. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see Furiosa as a fresh Imperator, as like a team of Imperators, and they're sent off to like secure this compound. Yes, there are a few shots in a row right around here where it absolutely feels like this is Furiosa doing her job. Being part of a strike team. Yes. Yeah. But we get some more more cuts of her. She's holding the shotgun. We get a quick zoom on her as she puts her eye up to the scope of a long rifle. Uh, she, I guess, seems to fire that rifle. And then we get a low shot looking up from the bottom of a pit. And I'm guessing this is like a lead mine in the bullet farm. Because there's this big old tower falling on one side of the pit. And the chrome tanker is like hanging off the edge of the pit itself. So I have no idea what's going on there. From all of that, we get our first look of Anya Taylor-Joy with the mechanical arm. She's sitting in like a lookout's nest type of thing. And we get Dementis asking the, saying, the question is dot, dot, dot. And then he's going to finish it after a few more shots of the mechanical arm. A quick zoom on Dementis behind the wheel of a large car, very much like Immortan Joe in the Fury Road trailers. We see a motorcycle go under the wheels of the chromed trailer war rig thing. I love the shot of that motorcycle passing underneath and Furiosa is clinging to the bottom of the war rig with a motorcycle chain to the bottom. Yeah, I had to watch that shot a couple of times to really understand what was happening. When I first watched this trailer, I thought what happened is Furiosa was on the bottom of the tanker and she like hooked the motorcycle that had gotten run over. Oh, as a way of like securing a motorcycle for herself. Yeah. But the more I watched it, the more I realized it's like, no, she already had a motorcycle that she had stashed there. Yes. So I can only guess that it's like an escape attempt. That seems very reasonable. As we get more to the end of the trailer, we get to see Dementis. He asked, the question is, do you have it in you to make it epic? And he's kind of like looking up from a kneeling position as if like Furiosa has caught up to him because as we switch perspectives we get to see furiosa and she's got her mechanical arm and her hair is cut short and she's pulling her face covering down to reveal the whole look and it's like our classic fury road furiosa get up she's wearing like the three belts and the light tan top is this the first time in this trailer that we see her in that specific outfit and we see her in a couple of different outfits we do see her in a lot of different outfits i think we see her in different pieces of this full outfit, but it's only here at the end that we see it all together. And it's such a cool reveal of just the final look that we remember. Telegraphs to us where we're going to end up. Yeah. We are running towards the Furiosa that you know. 
that way, by the end of Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, we are going to go right into Fury Road. And then when Charlize Theron walks on screen, we're like, oh, yes, that's the Furiosa we recognize from the growth she had in the Furiosa movie. Yes. I think it's going to flow together nice. We get the reveal of the Furiosa title, and then it changes over to say, remember her. Mm-hmm. Which I think a lot of people are like, well, why doesn't it say witness her? Ooh, witness her. That's good. But you know what it does? It reminds me of the first Mad Max movie because the toe cutter said, remember the night Rider when you look at the night sky. Oh, dang. And so I'm oh, pretty good. sure this remember her is a callback to the first movie. Oh, I'm so glad you pointed that out. That was something I had feelings about because it makes it sound like this movie is her legacy Mm -hmm. and that she will die by the end of this movie. That's what Remember Her feels like to me. But when you look at it in the context of the whole Mad Max saga, you remember the Knight Rider. You get these larger-than-life characters that shape the people around them. Like, I'm pretty sure you can use the phrase remember him as a tagline for any of the Mad Max movies because that's what they are. They're people remembering Max Mm -hmm. and the impact that he had on their lives. And so this movie, Furiosa, is probably going to be like, yeah, remember her because she's going to have so many different interactions over this odyssey that's going to happen in this movie that there are people that are going to specifically remember Furiosa. Like the guys on the elevator who need to remember Furiosa. That way, when she shows up and yells at them, they'll let her get on. Yeah. (laughs) So after it says, remember her, it says, experience it in IMAX only in theaters 2024. We are absolutely going to see this in IMAX. Oh, yes. We're going to see this in the best possible experience that money can buy. Absolutely. I'm not saying that we need to be at any sort of premiere, but I wouldn't bristle at it. I wouldn't we say got no. an invitation to New York premiere. That'd be cool. We're not that far away from New York. We could do that. <laughs> not that I'm trying to drop hints or I'm going to hound anybody that I've had a contact with in the past, but you know. It's not impossible that we could be at an Australian premiere. We are planning on being in Australia in 2024. Movie is coming out in 2024. It definitely feels like more of a summer film. Oh, absolutely. It feels like a summer blockbuster. Yeah. Because we're going to be in Australia in October, Mm. not so much like summer days. Not a 0% chance. Yeah. It all depends on when in 2024 they're talking about because they haven't released a specific date in the trailer yet. The movie is premiering, to my knowledge, at the Cannes Film Festival, and that is in April. Okay. So if it's premiering at the festival in April... That might be May. Yeah. Huh. Either way, what about this trailer stood out to you as the thing that you liked? I got a couple of small things. First of all, the very first thing that struck me is the return of Australian accents. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth is not the only one sporting their accent. Um, I believe the, the person with the opening narration, which is not Furiosa, had an accent. I would love it if Anya Taylor-Joy put on her best accent. Mm. I don't know what her native... Is she British? British. Or something like that. she's Uh. British. It's so hard to tell nowadays because they're like really good at accents. I mean, Charlize Theron didn't do an accent. No. Although the accent that she used is not her native accent. Right. Because she's South African. Anyways, it's a good reminder to the world that these are Australian movies. 
They are made in Australia by Australians, and they are inherently Australian. And I think they should sound like it. Yeah. So I'm very pleased. I'm also pleased for the local actors, including Chris Hemsworth, who just get to act, who don't have to put on an accent, especially Chris Hemsworth. He never gets to use his native accent. Yeah. So I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for everybody who just gets to talk. So that was my first little thing. My second thing is Furiosa's arm. Mm-hmm. That was like the biggest question that the world had from Fury Road is what happened to her arm. And obviously we're going to find out because we see her with her mechanical arm by the end of this trailer. Mm-hmm. But for most of the trailer, we see her with both of her arms. We never see her with a particularly injured arm. We never see it missing without her mechanical arm. We go from two full arms to one and a half and mechanical. So the trailer gives us nothing. It would be pretty rowdy for George Miller to have be like, okay, here's the end of one segment. She's got both of her arms. Everything <laughs> seems to be fine. Fade to black, <laughs> fade up from black, mechanical arm. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, it'd be rioting. It'd be riots in France. Yeah. What from the trailer did you particularly like? You know what? I'm super excited to see the Bullet Farm and Gastown, but I'm also really looking forward to seeing how Anya Taylor-Joy portrays Furiosa. I think from the things that I've seen her in before, last night in Soho, she was great. Oh, she was great. Um, What else have I seen her in? The Witch. Yep. Um, New Mutants is probably not the best example of her acting ability because it's not that great of a movie, but like everything I've seen Anya Taylor-Joy in, she's been excellent. And I think it's going to be very gratifying to see her portray Furiosa in these different eras. We're going to have a bit of an eras tour for (laughs) Furiosa here. Uh, (laughs) And I'm really excited to see how she handles this 15 year span of time over Furiosa's life. I think she's going to do great at it and I'm very excited to see it. What has me worried about Furiosa is how tight and focused can the story be considering that it does cover so much time? You think of the best Mad Max movies, Road Warrior and Fury Road. They are tight movies. They are. They do not cover a lot of time. They do not all have a lot of more relaxed or slow scenes. There are very clear motivations for each character. There are very clear actions that are needed to be taken. And there's very little downtime. But when you think of the other movies like Mad Max 1 and Thunderdome that we've gotten so far, Mad Max 1, they have that awkward part in the latter half of the movie where they go to May's farm and things just kind of screech to a halt for a little bit. And then Thunderdome just goes to so many places and tries to do so many things that really lacks that laser focus that we got in Road Warrior. And so I'm really worried that this movie is just going to feel all over the place. And for something like 3,000 Years of Longing, where it is a sort of anthology of stories, that makes sense for it to be a bit meandering and quality changes over the course of the film. And I'm worried that this one is going to fall into that. I definitely think that there is a danger of it falling into that vignette uh, story format, Mm -hmm. where thing happens, it's over. Thing happens, it's over. Thing happens, it's over. Um, as opposed to things flowing from one event to another. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, that is definitely a thing that could happen. They have to cover 15 years. We're going to have to jump time. We're going to have to show, hey, this happened over here. And very quickly after that, something happened over here. And we got to tell you about both or else the ending doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. It could definitely happen that way. And it's all down to George Miller being a good writer and a good director. And I don't know who's editing this movie. Sure hope it's um, Alice in something. Margaret Sixel. Okay. Not Alice in something. <laughs> uh, and, and down to the editor. Hold on, I'm going to double check. Okay. Do never find. Yeah, it was Margaret Sixel who, uh, who edited Fury Road. And remind me, that's George Miller's wife, right? Yes. Okay. I hope she edits this movie too. Uh, something that I'm concerned about, again, it has to do with this 15-year time span. I think it introduces the possibility of a lot of things going wrong. I want to be able to see the passage of time in the set dressing and what people are wearing and the iconography that is around people. This is a very new society. It's developing. This is a developing society, and this is a developing cult. Things are not going to look the same now in the beginning of this movie as they did in Fury Road. So if the iconography looks exactly the same, I don't like that. I want it to look a little different. Mm. You think of something as simple as the fashions. 15 years ago, we would be wearing completely different clothes. Well, maybe not you. You're wearing a flannel and jeans. But <laughs> you'd be wearing completely different clothes. Things don't stay the same. Yeah. Specifically, what brought my brain down that path is the war boys. Right. They look exactly the same as they do in Fury Road. So I'm really hoping that the glimpses that we got of the War Boys are from later in the timeline because the War Boys didn't just pop into existence exactly how we see them mm -hmm. in Fury Road. There's got to be a development, an evolution. There's got to be proto-War Boys. So I, I want to see those passages of time. I want to see a society developing and changing. Yeah. It also worried me that Immortan Joe looks exactly the same, but younger. Yeah. First of all, his mask didn't fit. He hasn't filled out the costume yet. Right. It's like they took the exact same costume and put it on a younger, thinner guy. Yeah. That seemed weird, but it was a very close-up shot, so who the heck knows? We haven't really seen him below the neck. Right, but he's got all the same apparatus that was there to help him breathe. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that nothing has changed about his physical condition? That 15 years ago, he still couldn't breathe? No, I want to see changes over time. Yeah. I want to see his costume, his uniform that he puts on. I want to see it evolve. We've got so long between now and when the movie comes out. But as for this podcast, we are going to keep an eye on things. When we get really big trailers that have a lot of new scenes and a lot of cool things to talk about, we're just going to keep talking about them until the movie finally comes out. I think what we'll do is... Try not to do a new episode for every single little trailer that comes out. We'll try and make it just the important ones. Yeah. And then when the movie actually does come out, we'll probably do an episode that is like, hey, we just saw it. This is our, our overall thought. And then once the movie gets to streaming or physical media or one of those, then we'll start working on the episodes and releasing them proper. So- mm -hmm. Don't think that this feed right now is going to be very consistent going forward. Uh, give it some time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to slowly ramp up as, as things start happening. I'm very excited that this trailer came out. I didn't know it was coming until maybe two days in advance. 
And we were in a hotel room watching it on our little phones. Mm-hmm. We got to see it. Yeah, we did. The Mad Max Minute Podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. Produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. Our website is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute. Like us on Facebook by searching for Mad Max Minute. And support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash MadMaxMin. Until next time, bye. Bye. You have it in you to make it epic.